Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Monkey tennis? You better believe it, babe. There's a new chat in town. Monkey tennis? Ice white shoes, ice white socks with navy blue double cadet strong. Aha! Monkey tennis? I've just been told that Roger Moore is at Chiswick Roundabout. Monkey tennis? Oh, what the heck? Rock and roll! It's all of a pair! Monkey tennis? Yes, I am in a jacuzzi sipping spunt. Alan, 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 Alan. And on that bombshell, monkey tennis? Greetings, Alan aficionados and Lynn lovers, and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Are you the prank caller? Nick Older. Suddenly keen for a poo. And Tom Stab. I was just going to do a Cockney walk. So, uh, before we get on to the main thrust of Series 4 of Monkey Tennis, uh, which is going to be looking at Scissor Isle and Eye Partridge, we wanted to take a little time to go through your feedback. Thank I you. I say, Series 4. That's how, amazing. How, how, has has hair, that how has hairs commissioned four series of this? <laughs> Have we jumped the shark? We must yeah, have. Yeah. The shark's been dead for years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you've not got in touch with us before, don't forget that you can. Uh, it's thepartridgepod at gmail.com, uh, at thepartridgepod on Twitter, facebook.com slash thepartridgepod, and all new Instagram at monkeytennispod. It's, it's monkey tennis two point web 2.0 yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we should also say just a big thank you for everyone who has got in touch absolutely loads of you have so um yeah thank you very <laughs> nick, much nick you sound genuinely surprised <laughs> there i was a bit surprised yeah so buckle in this episode's four hours long <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're literally going to talk through every single yeah. email right tweet in, and facebook you're, you're message guaranteed. we're not we're not <laughs> yeah. 
a mile of the evening. But we will start with Michael Brennan, who got in touch on Facebook. Uh, He said, just touching on something I heard on the Origins episode, Alan's obsession with cleanliness harks back to his school days. It's touched upon in the radio show where he's hypnotised, and in Eye Partridge, it stems from him being bullied at school by Stephen McComb and other agitators, where they dubbed him Smelly Alan Fartridge. Now, we will get onto the book, obviously. Eye Partridge analysis is coming up, but it is interesting that that is a through line of Alan's character, the cleanliness issue. Yes, yeah, and I I, I like the fact they've made that very consistent that it harks back to the bullying it's and a nice St- tease, Stephen McComb is go, consistent let's as not well. go too far into this yeah. basically he's the Monica character from Friends isn't he in this, if, if Friends was the sitcom it would be uh, if Alan Friends Pardon. was a yeah, sitcom no, no. <laughs> you know what I mean like, he's the Monica character he's obsessed with clean, cleanliness yes. and was fat Indeed. And he does uh, impress his cleanliness on other people, which will come up when we tackle Eye Partridge uh, later in this series. Uh, But right now, over to Tom Dark. Yeah, so we've had a few messages here uh, harking back to the Knowing Me Knowing You episode featuring Gary Barker and Tanya Beaumont. Uh, We were discussing that it was clearly based on some kind of Hollywood couple, but we weren't quite sure who. So we've had a few suggestions in for people, um, starting with uh, Barbara Kirk on Facebook. Hi, Barbara. She says, was the actor Alan refers to as Mr. To floppy based on Gary Oldman at all. I've guessed at the slot actress being based on Greta Sarchi, who did do a lot of nude scenes. Mm. Uh, also, Michael Brennan, who we just mentioned. Hi again, Michael, on Facebook. Uh, message to say he thinks Gary Barker and Tanya Beaumont are in part based on Richard Gere and Cindy Crawford. In 1994, Gere and Crawford took out an ad in the New York Times saying their marriage was not moribund. Did they use the word moribund in there? <laughs> I don't know. There is actually a link there, but I've not, I've not looked at the actual we can article. We post that on the socials. So, yeah, we can yeah. post that up. Yeah. Um, so I, I think... I'm sorry, Barbara Kirk, but I think Michael Brennan is a bit more on the money here. And also, uh, yeah, Kenny Leckie on Twitter uh, messaged to say he always assumed Patrick Marber's character was based on wild 90s Johnny Depp. He did, was just showing Did up. we say that in the episode? I think I think that's yeah. the, the, the one that's on the money. Yeah, uh, I, well, I, I think with a lot of these, there are kind of amalgamations of a few famous people, aren't they? So, mm. yeah, I, I just think in terms of the couple thing, the Gear Crawford is probably the... The winner for me. Uh, and keeping on the Knowing Me, Knowing You theme, uh, Nick, you've got something for us next? Yes, I've got a couple of um, pieces around Alan's blazer badge slash the fan of swords. So first off, yeah. we have a, a, a tweet from David Whiteford, who says, Re-Alan's badge, the bottom right, half wheel of swords, also appears for real, huge, that's in block caps, on his mantelpiece in the Christmas special. And he is not wrong. To, uh, no, no. to confirm it's he, is, ob- he is correct yep. it's a it's a brilliant observation thanks for that David uh, for more on the Christmas special why not join us live oh uh, stop it you stop <laughs> it oh, that is seamless <laughs> on Wednesday November the 22nd we will be at the Prince Charles Cinema in London's Leicester Square I, you can get tickets at postpoppodcast.com I tried listeners <laughs> yeah. I tried postpoppodcast.com <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. slash monkey he will not be live. stopped he will yeah. not be stopped Liam Hill has an email <laughs> and he says the fan of swords is referenced midway through knowing me knowing you as a decoration above Alan's fireplace um so yeah, again, just another observation. Yeah, there. That's... so that's the radio show that he's talking about there. Just right. To... I yeah, knew that. You were confused by I that, knew that. Weren't you? <laughs> uh, Andrew, Andrew Rees has sent us uh, an email and he says, Hi there, love the podcast. Oh, stop it. Oh, <laughs> oh, Long time listener. Andrew. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. I think I finally have something to contribute. Can I just say, thank you, Andrew, for waiting till you have something to contribute, not just emailing in with any old faff. <laughs> <laughs> and that has happened on a few occasions to confirm. Yeah, I know how he feels. So... Uh, <laughs> In your Knowing Me, Knowing You episode four of the podcast, covering the French episode, you cover the fan of samurai swords in the Partridge Crest and mention that it seems to be a bit random. 
and that might be in our defence because we'd forgotten that it was so prominently featured in Naomi Knowing You, to yeah, be honest. Well, but anyway, we'll yeah. continue with the email. <laughs> he goes on to say, well, it is pretty random, but has been mentioned before in Partridge history. The seventh bonus episode of the Naomi Knowing You radio series is a behind-the-scenes special with Patrick Marber playing Alan's writer, and in one of his scenes, Alan is giving him and the narrator of the spoof documentary a tour of his house and points out the fan of samurai swords above the fireplace and as an example of his trappings. Anyway, it's a really funny episode if you haven't heard it, which I'm sure you have. Uh, keep up the great work, guys. Look forward to the Christmas episode. I'm looking forward to the Christmas episode too. If oh, you no, 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 stop it, stop it. Uh, so I just wanted to ask, so Andrew says, if you haven't heard it, which I'm sure you have, Nick, have you heard that bonus episode of Knowing Me Knowing You, the radio show? I'm going to pass to Tom Stab at this point to give it more <laughs> correspondence. To know. Over to Nick. Um, <laughs> I haven't actually seen it. Uh, listen to it, even. Uh, I have. It's on YouTube. It's uh, worth checking out. Yeah, I it's, definitely so it's will. A, it's a behind-the-scenes addendum to the radio show. I, yeah. I, obviously, I need to check it out. I haven't seen it, but Nick, you've, you've, yeah, Nick's, you've seen Nick's it. Yeah, Nick's heard it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what, what was your favourite bit? <laughs> I, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and keeping on a Knowing Me, Knowing You tip, uh, we got a message on Twitter from at Swollen Danube saying... The Bee Gees walked out of a TV interview with uh, Clive James. Well, we said that, sorry, I should say. It wasn't Clive James. It was actually Clive Anderson. So we got that one wrong, unfortunately. Yeah, thanks for correcting Slapped us on that. I can't collective. remember who it was around the table, but uh, they should I got, be I got severely a, reprimanded. I've got a feeling it was me. Whenever there's a TV-based error, <laughs> Cheers versus <laughs> Seinfeld, Clive James versus Clive Anderson. I do, yeah, I mean, even if we did get it wrong, I knew that what we were thinking of was right. We just said the wrong name. And that's, that's, that doesn't that's count as being right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we, we knew what we meant. We Officer, knew what we meant. I thought what I was doing was right. <laughs> Officer, I thought I was driving at the correct speed limit. Anyway, uh, Mike Simpson got in touch on Facebook Hi, to Mike. say that uh, he's binge listened to Monkey Tennis and loved it. Well, can't blame me. Um, yeah. He's it, only human. <laughs> he, uh, he wanted to let us know about his many Alan Partridge related experiences. I'll, I'll run through the bullet points very quickly. He currently lives in Norwich. He walked past someone dressed as Alan Partridge, only to realise it was Alan Partridge himself filming a piece of Scissor Dial. Uh, he used to work very close to the uh, Hilton Hotel in Watford that doubled as a Linton Travel Tavern. Uh, he's visited, quote-unquote, Bono's house. Bono! Uh, he considered leaping off Chroma Pier. At this point, his claims become a little bit uh, a little bit harder to stomach. He worked around the corner from Norwich Police Station. Uh, he went to school in Bungie, and he claims that he can also shit in boxes. But the main point was that he uh, located Jed Maxwell's bungalow, uh, and sadly, it has been demolished. No! Apparently, Plot twist! Apparently, <laughs> that uh, slice of TV history is 100% over. Uh, yes, what I really liked as well, uh, attached to Mike's Facebook message, he also sent us a video where he reenacted Alan's escape from Jed's house, um, getting out of the car, running across the field, uh, which is quite funny. Nice. If, we, if there's a way we can share it, I'll try to, but I can't get that to work at the moment. Um, but it did make me think that perhaps what we should try and do is create our own Partridge over Britain map and put together all the locations of important Partridge. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm sure the people living in those homes now will thank us. Well, <laughs> yeah, here's where I live. If, well, think about it. Jed's home has been demolished. Mm -hmm. What other houses are relevant apart from Bono's? Denton uh, Abbey. Uh, yep, the five bastard bedroom house. Yeah, I mean, well, I'd be amazed if we can locate where that is. But anyway, I think that'd be an interesting idea. If anybody knows of Partridge specific locations, if you want to send that information to us. We will create some kind of Google map that we can share on our socials. Preferably uh, with a postcode. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, so we can locate it properly. But, you know, we, there are things like we know where Michael's BP garage is. Uh, we know that the Tesco in Scissor Isle is actually in Boreham Wood. So, again, that is gleaned from Mike Simpson here also. We can find so, the exact yeah. point that's equidistant between Norwich and London. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes. We can have a bit of fun with this. So, yeah, just send us your yeah. Partridge-specific locations and we will put together some form of Google map under the title A Partridge Over Britain. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Fantastic. Absolute dream. So, talking of Allen-based locations. We've also had an email and some tweets from Tim Lake. Hi, Tim. Tim says he only recently started listening to the podcast. Uh, Where have you been? But he loves it, though, so oh, don't worry. God. He does oh. love it. Uh, he also says you sound very much like my friends and I, who are all total AP nerds. I prefer the term expert, personally. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, but that, okay. that's fine. At the very least, enthusiast. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Tim... Tim's email continues. Do you have a list of your Cards Against Alanity cards as we'd love to reproduce those for an upcoming event? You may already know, but Cards Against Humanity is under a Creative Commons license, so making your own versions is not only allowed, but encouraged by the original creators. The years I've spent (laughs) sleepless nights (laughs) waiting for those lawyers to ring. Yep. Uh, Well, Tim, stay tuned. We might have an update for you on that in a moment. Anyway, Tim's email continues uh, giving us more about what him and his friends have been up to in an alan in an alan theme so he says they're the guys that created the jed maxwell escape video that we actually referenced in an earlier series they did their own alan partridge locations tour taking in watford hilton linton travel tavern the bp garage choristers and uh bickling hall bono's house uh he says the fun fact about that is the bit lynn's friend andrew reads about it being built on the site of a medieval predecessor is genuinely in the information leaflets uh, he also says they are embarking on a third locations tour this year based on a boat trip on the broads. As with the previous two tours, they will be eating only food mentioned or seen in the shows and listening to a playlist of songs from the shows. That's where they'd like to play Cards Against Alanity, along with some other games, um, which include the Chalk Penis Challenge, as we also did. Uh, we are planning to come to your afternoon slash live podcast in November, so we'll be keen to shake your hand repeatedly. Anyway, I'll stop rambling on now. Thanks again for the Ace podcast. That brings nicely on to uh, details of the live podcast no, Adam, Adam people know people it's know like, it's like it's you fine. don't want people to come <laughs> so do come so Tim uh, do you get in touch again and let us know some of those locations so we can try and create this partridge map a partridge over Britain uh, but you'll be interested to hear this next piece of correspondence which comes from Tilly the house elf on Twitter her fiance uh, Dinsey Rob created their own cards against Alanity last year and she sent us an amazing photo where he has properly created the cards with all Alan quotes. And I've been in touch with Rob and he sent me the PDFs for that and they are actually brilliant. So perhaps, Rob, if it's cool with you, maybe we could share them with the rest of our listeners. Uh, we'll, we'll converse over that. And if Rob... <laughs> to say he's not here, he can't answer. <laughs> well, I know, but he'll listen. So, um, But anyway, yeah, they, they, an Alan version of cards... Does it does now exist in a physical form? So we'll see if we can share that with you all. Okay, next up, uh, Ladyboy Prices. And this comes from Mikey Hogarth. And he says, hey guys, start listening to the fantastic podcast. It really is fantastic, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Thank, I cannot stress that enough. Thanks, Mikey. His words. Um, so in the third episode, something you didn't cover was a joke about the bill for the three Ladyboys being 33 quid, which is going to age badly because it's quite reasonably priced for what they ordered. What do you reckon the bill would be today adjusting for him? inflation um well reasonably for a hotel bar anyway 
He says, keep up the good work. So essentially, how much would a round of ladyboys be in a hotel bar mm. in 2017? For how many people? So this would be... So he orders three, doesn't he? Yeah. So yeah. it's three mm. drinks uh, for three so, people. So it's, so it's 11 it's, pounds per ladyboy. It's nine drinks in total, yeah. isn't it? Well, really, you're kind of looking at where in the country you're ordering these. That is a good point. Yeah, if it's in London, it's very different. Yes, yeah. very much so. So you're looking, I reckon, probably around between that price that he paid in 50 quid, probably. Yeah, I think you'd be mm-hmm. lucky to get change from 50 quid. I think your average your average hotel these hotel, days... But I, I think it's way more than 50 quid. Really? You can pay 12 quid for a gin and tonic I in think a it's going to be, speaking very averagely, at least five pound a drink. Oh, so he's it's... speaking quite averagely there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> much like he does in pretty much all the podcasts that we do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. No need for that. <laughs> you set them up, Mikey. We'll knock them down. Thank you Thank very you much for mate. that. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Moving on. So. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's over 50 quid. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So next up, uh, not a correspondence as such, but something I came across online, which was um, any fans of WWE out there might be familiar with the wrestler Triple H. He was left baffled at a WWE UK taping in Norwich as the uh, the crowd basically kind of just shouted out various Alan Partridge uh, quotes or whatever. There was Dan, Dan. Um, aha and basically uh, I think there was a guy in a partridge mask yeah there was a guy in a partridge mask which Triple H described as a really weird little dude (laughs) yeah and the uh, and Triple H found this basically very very confusing he was baffled he was baffled didn't understand what was going on I think there was some confusion because there was a wrestler with the first name Dan and he thought they were shouting for him but it it was just basically he he didn't know the joke he didn't know the joke didn't understand it and in this uh, article that I found online there was actually uh, a link to a tweet of someone who, who was at the event who uh, filmed a bit of footage um, but we're going to cut in a bit of the audio from that now so we can hear exactly what the uh, the WWE fans were shouting the UK champion There you go. So um, I basically took this uh, news story, posted it on the uh, Monkey Tennis socials and basically put out a bit of a question to our fans and said, um, you know, if Alan was a wrestler, what would his finishing move would be? And it's safe to say that the responses were, you know, we got so many and they're 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 all really, really good. Um, I think basically what we're going to try to do now is to rapid fire, go through all the suggestions. There's so many, so we can't name every person who contributed individually. But um, I'm going to start. It took me a long time. <laughs> to go through these and Tom has compiled Tom Dark has compiled all of these and we're basically going to rapid fire through them there's some brilliant ones here so I'm going to start and then we're going to go around the table and we're going to fire them off quick fire so and if we mess it up we're just going to carry on going okay so here we go the Corby trouser press slam the minor women's whiplash the tungsten tip screw yeah. sunny DDT the big plate the colossal velocity driver 
The Valance. The Five Bedroom Bastard Slam. <laughs> the Big Flat Shot of Director's Bitter. Ye Roundhouse. <laughs> the Shattered Dreams Parkway. Smell my cheese, your mother. The Top Draw Surprise. The Van Dananator. The Norfolk Knight's Elbow. Knowing me, knowing you, Leglock. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn's Mum's Tombstone Power Driver. Pierce my foot on a spike power driver. The Ladyboy. <laughs> Alan Attack. Death by Chat. The Full English. Onion Terror. Massive Bereavement. The Dirty Protest. The Oddy Slam. Bravo 6-0. The Lady Boy. Kiss My Face. Brackets Headbutt. <laughs> the Big Plate. Crash Bang Wallop. Alan's Deep Bath. The Shop Soil Chocolate Orange. Uh, the Chocolate Orange. Very similar. <laughs> <laughs> I like with both of those. The Shop Soil Chocolate Orange, uh, they wrote, it won't completely finish his opponent, opponent, but there'll be some superficial damage. Very good. And for the Chocolate Orange, it says, <laughs> he would only leave superficial damage. Very consistent. <laughs> Very uh, last one, Scotch Egg Gas, obviously. There we go. Some wow. great, great wrestling moves there. <laughs> and we really nailed doing that yeah, straight through. First time. <laughs> no, no edits required, no, guys. None at all. Consummate professionals. Oh, dear. Um, so uh, some of you might have seen online that there was a meme of uh, a Batman sat looking very lonely a, a batman or a the batman, batman. <laughs> well, i mean i've got the photo batman. i've got the photo in front of me it doesn't look like a definitive batman <laughs> hello me. i'm a batman so uh, i'm a batman <laughs> david, join me david fagiani got in touch with us on twitter uh, so based on this photo meme doing the rounds i had a thought for a crossover comic batman has to live at a travel tavern equidistant between gotham and norwich and alan gets to be a masked, masked vigilante in a job swap alan gets alfred and alan gets lynn or i think he means batman gets lynn here's my question for you guys in this scenario who's got more psychological issues bruce or alan i can tell you now <laughs> it's alan regardless yeah, 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 yeah. i mean there's <laughs> when it says when it says that alan is a masked vigilante can he be wearing an alan partridge mask as his mask oh i like that yeah, that's good and uh, let's not forget yes uh, bruce wayne may have had his parents shot in front of him but uh, alan is alan so <laughs> <laughs> remember alan's dad did have a fist like an iron shovel <laughs> and there'll be more on that when we discuss i partridge coming soon i set them up you knock them down there we go uh okay moving on we had an email from andrew parry andrew writes hello i'm an avid ap fan but not in a lock him in a room or sex people sense also my initials are ap which links us cosmically and definitely not in the two aforementioned ways please send me two free tickets for the november show failing that please sell me three hang on mm. well <laughs> well andrew uh what I can really say to you in response to that is tickets are very much available and I'm sure Adam oh, could tell you more. <laughs> Am I allowed to talk about it? No, 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 no it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, November the, what is it? 22nd. 22nd. See you there. Prince Charles Cinema, post-pop podcast. Leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. Alan's funny stories. That's the joke. This is where uh, listeners have written in and um, are kind of pointing out gags, which um, it's like, yeah. That's the joke. So I'm looking at you first, Lachlan Taylor. If that is your real name. I pronounce your name right. And um, they write, Hi there. Love the podcast. Thank you. Of course, naturally. We'll treat you gently then. Standard. Just just wanted to let you know about my interpretation of the R-E-O Speedwagon joke discussed at the start of Podcast 4. I always thought it was very funny because you think Alan's going to say R-E-M, who were probably one of the biggest stadium bands in the world at that time. Certainly much bigger than R-E-O Speedwagon. Another reason to back up this interpretation, it's a similar gag to the 435 am joke earlier in the series glad i finally have an outlet to discuss these serious matters <laughs> cheers it's been building up for years <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so yeah, uh, yeah i guess in summary yeah 
That's, That's the, the joke. joke. <laughs> yeah. When you say my interpretation of the RSP bargain, it's everyone's interpretation. Yes. Yes. Yep. And uh, finally, from Dan Jackson, he says, I'd love to know why he never refers to Lynn by name in his book. Uh, again, just uh, three words for you, Dan. Yeah. That's, That's the, the joke. joke. So... Something we I think that could be a new regular feature. What? That's, that's the, the joke. joke. Well, we do it to each other enough. Yeah, yeah fair enough. It'll work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hot topic. And next up, something we discussed on our mini episode, the, the news that broke earlier this year that Alan was going to be back on the BBC in spring 2018. We had a tweet from at Gary PL who said, uh, what would be great for his return is a Larry Sanders style format with Alan Partridge and Simon both doing the chat show and backstage. Um, how do we feel that as a format? Obviously, there has been some speculation recently mm. in the news about what the show would be um, next year. So obviously, we kind of have a bit of an idea. But let's just talk about other ideas that maybe other people I'd, have around the table. Or I'd say, Gary PL, I'd like to shake you by the hand. I think that is an inspired idea. I, I and think would that mm. showcase the best of Alan behind the camera. And, and it kind yeah. of follows the sort of strictly format of you've got a host and then you've got these kind of side chats with co-presenters. It also yeah. means if you've got slightly uh, meek real celebrities who maybe aren't so willing to have jokes poked at them on the set you can supplement that with uh, some funny chat backstage and uh, the show works yeah and I, I just think it's kind of you potentially you've got the best of both worlds for alan there in terms of you've got the chat show so you're doing the knowing me knowing you part and then you've got the backstage bit which is whether it's mid-morning matters style and obviously the way that that would be filmed would be also very much in keeping with i'm alan partridge so yeah, I think in summary that really would work. So, so maybe the BBC should just do that. And uh, we also got another uh, piece of correspondence, another tweet from at Mr. Matt Reed. Um, in summary, his tweet basically says that kind of something that we spoke about again in the mini episode was that the format of Mrs. Merson worked really well. So a similar idea, uh, similar idea for Alan. Uh, he would like to see Alan do that kind of thing. I think that would really work. But and that it, would tie in. That's basically the Larry Sanders idea as yeah, well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean. <sighs> 
it just works. But obviously, we know a little bit about what's going to happen um, next year. Alan, supposedly the voice of Brexit. I mean, that hasn't actually officially well, been Well, I think that's been taken slightly out of context. Do you think? Though. Yeah, I, okay. think, I think it has. I, I, th- I think, yeah, so since our mini episode a couple of months back, uh, Coogan has done an interview with a publication whose name I cannot remember. <laughs> Tell me your name! Uh, yeah, because I think really what, what's happened is that basically Coogan was talking about how the Brexit angle is a way for the to justify the BBC having Alan back on the air because they're then trying to rep, rep, they're trying to represent the views of somebody that's a bit more. So they have to the right get him way. back in the name of balance, basically. Yeah, I, I guess I could be so. But I, I think what's happened is places like I've I've seen the story has been on places like Enemy and Shortlist, and I think they've basically gone with the bread, Brexit headline to kind of say Alan as the new face of Brexit, but I don't think that's really what Coogan said. They've clickbaited us, haven't they? Yeah, they they absolutely have. Uh, Any luck on finding the article? Yes, you were bang right. It is from the New European. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Get rid of it. Anyway, uh, we could perhaps find a quote from Coogan to to redress the balance. Well, yeah, just looking at the article, there's a quote, I think, which is basically what's been pulled by the media, where Coogan says that um, if if Alan had voted, Alan would have have voted for Brexit, basically. So I think basically people have taken that as a quote and pulled that out and kind of made that the headline. Whereas actually, if you kind of dig a little bit deeper into the article, there's quite an interesting quote here from, from Coogan. He says, Well, because he's got a show on the BBC, we have a problem. Because we have to explain why he's a failure, but he has a show. The logic of what he is doing has to make sense. It's conceivable, because of this age of Brexit, that they, the BBC, might think that they need to get in touch with the little Englanders they ignore. So that's why he's been kind of invited as the voice of Brexit or the voice of the little Englander. Which kind of makes sense, given all the context of like... It ties in perfectly with the characters, doesn't it? And it gives that explanation of why it's happened. But yeah, the, the sense that I got when he was on the one show was that perhaps the format of the show is going to be a bit like the one show. So perhaps more of a magazine show than a straight up chat show. Also, it's important to mention that this is obviously going to go out on BBC Two. We did have a little bit of debate when we first talked about it about what BBC channel he would end up on, but it's it's yeah. still BBC Two, same yeah. as his former. <laughs> He's yet to make the upgrade. <laughs> Super Talk! Brought to you by Ginster's Pasties. Uh, so I think that's most of the feedback that we've had. Just a couple of things to mention before we go. Um, we, I think we previously referred to uh, the mock-up car uh, that appeared at his book launch. Yes, the uh, replica Rover 800. That's right. Um, so that had Cook pass Babtridge down the side of it, didn't it? Yes. Yes. Yep. Uh, and that was uh, recently sold on eBay for eight hundred pounds. An absolute steal. I tell you what, if you've got any Rover eight hundreds knocking around, just daub a bit of uh, graffiti, of seen graffiti yeah. on the side of it, and watch the value skyrocket. <laughs> exactly. Stick it on eBay. Some Partridge fans though. are going to buy I mean, it. We, Amazing. We should, we should buy one. At well, the very that least. is entrepreneur. That... Uh, that is entrepreneurial spirit at its best. Yeah. That one looks great in my garage, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just good. before we go, I also had a quick look on YouGov to uh, see uh, what they claim the typical I'm Alan Partridge or Knowing Me Knowing You viewer looks like. Uh, so I'm going to run through some demographics here. Let me know uh, what Ooh, you think. Exciting. Firstly, the uh, the general sex of uh, a viewer. Male. Male. Correct. Uh, what would you say the age is? Of a partridge viewer. What's our average age? 34? Yeah. Mm, Or maybe a little bit older, 36. You're close, but it skews quite a bit older. 40 to 54 is the uh, dominant. Uh, Social grade, I mean, I will accept anything from... ABC uh, 1. It is ABC (laughs) 1. He's nailed it. Uh, The top region... It's John Lewis, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. all over again. The top region in terms of where viewers live in the UK. London. London. No, it's the North East. 
Oh, why uh, in terms of <laughs> in terms of politics on a scale from left to right. So what's, what's the context here? This is they. You got it's a survey taken, of fans. They, they've of taken a sample group in yeah. uh, in 2016, and they've compared people who claim to be Alan Partridge viewers compared to other groups of the same type. Right. I would mm. say it's left leaning. Yeah. Hope. Politics yeah. left it's or right? Be, it's got to be left. Left. It's extremely left leaning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's almost entirely. I think to Coogan the will be very happy with that. <laughs> uh, what sort of professions do you think Alan Partridge viewers typically fall into? Professionals. Middle management. <laughs> it's uh, well. It's it, it's very. This makes me uh, dubious about the sample sizes. <laughs> I'm Alan Partridge viewers. They claim work primarily in entertainment, construction, and mining and quarrying. <laughs> <laughs> but then when you go to Knowing Me, Knowing You, it's entertainment, media and publishing, wholesale and retail. <laughs> so uh, Tesco lifer Pat Bevan from yeah. uh, Isle, uh fits in that category. And it sounds like the builders in I'm Alan Partridge Series 2 are also watching. And yeah. us, because we kind of work in the media, so I guess yeah, that's sure. De- definitely not construction. No. <laughs> Finally, uh, the I can't am- put up a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of monthly spare money... But spare money we've all got yeah. spare money haven't we loads of spare the money no such bloody Alan thing Partridge viewer would have <sighs> I don't know tell you what I'll tell you one thing uh, the, uh, the average knowing me knowing you viewer has more spare monthly cash <laughs> than the average I'm Alan Partridge they're older they're older uh, I reckon spare cash grand 500 uh, quid for, for knowing me knowing you it's a thousand pounds or more for I'm Alan Partridge it's 125 to 499 pounds <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. not my words quite, the words quite of big you gal- that's us then isn't it really yeah. Yeah. so any other discussion points before we wrap up the feedback episode uh, yeah there was just one thing that I found uh, quite randomly the other day uh, so so yeah Felicity Montague said talking about the shows overall everyone thought I was corpsing along with Sally Phillips in some of those scenes when I'm in Alan Partridge desperately trying not to laugh but actually it was simply that Lynn was constantly mortified by Alan's behaviour and was bubbing her head in shame so I'd like to set the record straight on that well, what, do we, what do we think? It's a partial attempt to set the record straight <laughs> <laughs> she, she says You're she's, not convinced? No well I mean maybe, maybe uh, some of the I think the bits in Sally that she's got scenes Spit with Sally <laughs> <laughs> The things where she's got scenes with Sally Phillips I think maybe yeah she is holding it together and it is, it is genuine acting but that scene we were referring to in the car park with Sonia yeah they're corpses. Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. so as well. The way she kind of turns and then goes back and then immediately has to turn back again, <laughs> I think she's definitely corpses. Because in the, in the, the in that interview, they're talking about Alan overall. So do you think she's putting down a blanket excuse just to cover herself? Is what you're saying? Yeah, I think she's a great actress, but in that scene, <laughs> I claim she's corpsing and I stand by. So it. what you're saying is like she's basically putting that out to go. I I can do my job properly. I'm not corpsing. I can be it's a serious fine. actor. Yeah. Hire me. <laughs> <laughs> Very much available. Okay. Uh, so that brings us to the end of this feedback episode but let me tell you a little bit about what's coming up over the coming weeks of series four of monkey tennis uh next week we are going to be coming to you i say live not live but uh, <laughs> we recorded an episode live at mcm comic-con in manchester all about alan partridge's scissor isle we're going to follow that up with a, a part two of scissor isle uh, co- a bonus episode covering the tidbits and factoids that we couldn't get around to in manchester following that we're then going to tackle the big one it's i partridge uh that will be coming over the coming weeks and uh i can i talk about the live show now oh go on then oh, if you must <laughs> we'll be tackling knowing me knowing Yule live at the prince charles cinema on the wednesday the 22nd of november uh, we're also going to be talking to simon greenall who you will know as michael the geordie uh, there are tickets available from postpoppodcast.com slash monkey tennis live and uh, i strongly encourage you to join us we'll see you there so that's it for this episode from all of us at monkey tennis we'll see you next week thank you and goodbye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.